Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hello, and very belated Happy New Year. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Before we launch into today's episode, I want to thank my new caffeinated champions. That is the upper echelon of my Patreon subscribers who uh, support my unique provision of work here on, on Called Caffeinated. Stephanie and Jeanette, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for joining me over on Patreon. If you would like a supportive and really wonderful community from people all around the country and actually all around the world, uh, please come on over to patreon.com slash called and caffeinated. We do video chats twice every month and one of them is uh, includes a rosary and the other one is just a less structured friend chat and we are having such a wonderful time. So please uh, follow the link in the the show notes, patreon.com slash called and caffeinated if you would like to join us. So thank you again so much today for being here with me. Um, today's show is a little bit different. This is the first time I have ever not come up with the content for my own show. My husband, John, has been feeling more called lately to join me a little bit on my uh, my called and caffeinated ministry here. So he actually came up with the content for the show. So we had a very informal chat. Uh, we've both been sick. And so it was kind of one of those things where I didn't even look it over that much beforehand. And then I went through all the editing of the video because now I'm doing a YouTube version of the show. And so I've edited the video down and I got it really right to where I wanted it and I released it. And then I realized that it didn't really make sense for just an audio version because I used some overlays, some text overlays in the video. So what you're going to notice in this episode is I'm going to kind of pop in and introduce the next point before we start talking about it, because it won't necessarily be clear in the audio version if I don't pop in. So it might sound a little awkward. It's definitely going to sound a little bit different than usual, but thanks for hanging with me here. Uh, Really appreciate your understanding. I hope that your new year has started off well and you have not fallen prey to all of the many, many illnesses that are going around this time of year. Um, My family has gotten, I think, everything that's come through (laughs) practically, but we are definitely on the mend. And I had a wonderful opportunity um, recently to go speak in Minnesota. Absolutely loved it. And I'll be speaking at Christendom College, which is very close by to me here uh, in Front Royal. I'll be speaking there at the end of this month and then Kansas later in the year. So I'm just really excited to get back on the horse a little bit with speaking. It's something that brings me so much joy and is something that I think it's so valuable to be able to stand up and express all of those very deep things that we probably don't talk about much in conversation, um, especially Christ's love for us. So if you'd like to have me out as a speaker at your next event, uh, just head on over to stacysummerow.com and drop me a line. I would love to hear from you and would love to see if we can make something work. Also, I've been sharing a ton of stuff recently about my NICU journey and my healing process from my daughter's time in the NICU. I really feel like it's taken me this long. It's taken me an entire year to begin to process things. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff over there about 
my internal healing journey as well as uh, everything that I've learned from my first year of being a special needs parent. So if you would like to go on over and check me out over there, it's um, at Stacy Summero. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook and would love to have you come join me. And without further ado, let's get to our episode about keeping our marriage healthy with my wonderful husband, John Summerow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Calling Caffeinated, where I am joined by my co-host of life, John Summerow, um, my wonderful spouse of five years, and we have three children together, ages four, three, and almost one. <laughs> so it's been an intense five years, and we're just here to chat about how to keep your marriage healthy, which, or just how we keep our marriage healthy, I guess would be, um, would be a better title. So I want to start by just saying that uh, marriage is a gift more than anything, and a successful and healthy marriage is a gift from God, and it's not the result of strategies or techniques or advice mm -hmm. from honking a babe like those you see before you. <laughs> um, but uh, I. I tell the story of like when when I was deciding to pursue religious life when I was in high school, reading Saint Augustine's Confessions, and deciding or realizing that like the only thing worth wanting to be in the world is a saint, really, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't make sense to not be a saint, <laughs> to not want to be a saint, mm -hmm. and try to be a saint, and looking um, pretty desperately around for like a clear roadmap to get from John to sainthood, to Saint John, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, like there are, the world is full of um, helpful advice on how to do that. It's not those things that are going to make you a saint. It's not the doing of things or the following of a, a path necessarily. It's, it's God and it's grace. And so, <clears throat> so we don't want you to to prioritize anything we say or anybody says about pursuing a successful marriage over like dependence and reliance on God mm -hmm. because he um, ultimately is responsible for making you saints and mm -hmm. making you holy lovers mm -hmm. and uh, and I was I was talking earlier about like how much I love marriage being married in the sacrament of marriage because it really teaches you in uh, a dramatic and <coughs> excuse me, and terrifying and exciting way like how to love as God loves. <clears throat> I guess that's what it's all about. Yeah, totally. And like it's when you're not married, it's easy to go through life and think that like maybe you're good at loving people, <laughs> but like when you live with somebody and commit to them fully, and when you get feedback every day on like how well you're doing and loving that person. You start to realize that you're not that great at that. So, um, but it's all it's all progress and it's all good. It's also good and transformative. Yeah. 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 It is. I'm amazed how five years into marriage, uh, I love you more. I know you better. I know you more deeply. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like. Uh, when St. Therese used to talk about like, the happiness that you can have in heaven and if you only have a thimble then and as long as the thimble's full then you're as full of happiness as you could be but if you have a big pitcher of water that holds a lot more than a thimble and I do feel like marriage is also like that you find your limits very quickly but then you're given the grace and as long as you cooperate with it you're given the grace to expand those limits constantly and so you are 
continually kind of like mining this this massive um, uh, I don't know inexhaustible space in your heart that, that sure. always is expanding and getting bigger. God loves loving us. It's wonderful for him. He doesn't just like act as if he loves us mm -hmm. when we're being jerks. He actually loves us and being in love is such a beautiful thing, like mm -hmm. the best part of life. And yeah, learning to love each other more fully and see each other more clearly and completely is like the most rich part of my life for sure. Piece of advice from John number one is to surrender your spouse. The only way you're going to work through those things in a constructive way is like with love. Mm -hmm. And to love the other person, like you first have to see them and to see them you first have to surrender them, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Stacy talks about surrender a lot, and I think that's like the most mm. important thing that she says, maybe. Mm. And when, uh, yeah, when I'm when I find myself uh, getting overly sensitive or needy or irritable or whatever it is in my marriage, um, I try to offer offer Stacy to God. Um, Actually, I try to do it every night, and I highly recommend doing that. Like, Stacy has the surrender prayer that she talks about, and she has available, I think, on her website. Yeah, you can either buy a print of it, or you can just get it for the text for free when you um, subscribe. So I'll put a link down below. It's, yeah, just click the subscribe button, and it'll come right to your inbox inside of a bigger packet called How to Make the Right Choice. And yeah, highly, highly recommend it's changed my life, and I know it's changed a lot of other people's lives. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that my spouse is specifically on that, but... If every night or every day you, you like genuinely try your best to offer your spouse to God, mm -hmm. meaning like God, if you want to take this person now or tomorrow, they're yours. They're not mine. People are so beautiful, and people are such jerks. And like you yourself are so beautiful, and you're also such a jerk. And marriage is like in a very focused and particular way teaching you to. To love mm -hmm. someone like a human being who's both of those things at once and again not just like acting like you love them but always desiring their good and desiring union with them and so one, one of the most important ways that I've found to like to help you to to see your spouse to see them as a gift and to see them fully and not to see them with all of these perspectives or um, lenses of like uh, what are my expectations of you or my needs from you, like what do I need from you, or you know, am I afraid of being hurt by you? Like all these concerns can limit like how fully and completely we see the other person, and you can't really love someone without seeing them. We get so clingy, <laughs> and when when we cling, it doesn't give God the space to like work or really cultivate love in our hearts. Like I would say, it's important to confront your own expectations and your desires of someone, and the fact that you're afraid of being hurt by them because that's going to come up over and over and over again. But it's almost like you want to separate that from the person themselves so that you see your spouse more fully and you can appreciate that in and of themselves they have their own things going on and these are my things that I have going on, my junk that I have to deal with. And so for me, I'd say our marriage more than any other relationship in my life has really led to me being able to do that. And the more I do that, the more I can work through things so that it's not this like panic, shut down, walk away, I can't talk to you, 
you know, like, <laughs> sometimes when you have an argument and you're like, I guess we'll just, we're just going to live in silence the rest of our lives. Like, I'm afraid right now. I feel threatened. Why do I feel threatened? What is, what is happening inside of me? And then be able to separate that from True. your spouse so that you can then see and move past it. So it's not like denying or suppressing anything. It's right. really understanding what belongs where and keeping those boundaries. Yeah. Our next recommendation is to surrender everything. Not just your spouse that you need to surrender, but everything within your marriage um, and your own goals, your own expectations, your own desires, um, and your own disappointments and all of the things that you wish were different about um, your situation or your their job, everything, surrendering it all. Can I share that story now about, about surrender actually, the recent one about this episode? Sure. When I was engaged to John, that was when I started speaking um, at bigger events and I was really excited to dive into ministry. I thought this was so exciting. Um, and then we got married, had a baby right away, and I wanted us to do ministry together. And I've seen other couples doing ministry together, either making music or speaking together. And I just, I just thought, oh wow, like, you know, uh, this would be such a beautiful thing for us to do together. Um, but John just didn't feel like called to it, didn't feel any desire for it. And, and it was hard for me for quite a long time because I was like, you know, you're well-spoken and, and you're such a great conversationalist. You have all these great thoughts, you know, why would you not want to do this? And he just, it just wasn't something he wanted to do. And, um, it, it was a hard lesson for me that like, you can't make somebody else want things that you want for them. But I just totally decided to surrender it and not push it anymore and just let him come to me if he felt called to it. So my motivation has really been waning and John brought it up and he was like, I really feel like I am called to be, I don't know if you used the word called, but you said you wanted to be more a part of my ministry and um, it was really cool to hear that. I think we're both able to sort of participate freely and joyfully and it's much better this way because I really truly don't have expectations now that he needs to do any anything. So it all feels like a gift instead of feeling like an expectation. Uh, while we're here, I just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, which is Catholic Match. And you guys probably know if you're a regular viewer, that is how we met. We're very grateful to Catholic Match for sponsoring this video. And um, for this marriage. And this marriage. And I will say that in today's dating culture, you know, the swipe, swipe right, swipe left sort of culture, it, it can become really demoralizing. You can end up feeling like a piece of meat or a commodity. And what I love so much about Catholic Match is that you're enhancing your chances of finding a spouse who views marriage as a, a gift, a self-gift. Um, if you go to one of the other dating platforms, you could go through a lot of people and, and waste a lot of time getting to know people only to find out that they actually have a completely different worldview about marriage. And with Catholic Match, it's just way easier to um, cut out that whole uh, exploratory process and find people who view marriage as a gift. You can just follow the link that is going to be in the show notes and start a free profile. It just takes a couple of minutes. Start praying to the Holy Spirit to guide your searches um, and pray and Saint Raphael. and say Raphael, who is the patron saint of Catholic Match, and just allow him to to guide your searches. Our third recommendation for keeping your marriage healthy is a reflective one. When your spouse does something that hurts you. Of course, address it with them, but also take a moment to ask yourself, am I doing the same thing to God? It's great advice for me. I would tell myself this, and I'd say thank you. That's solid advice. But I don't know if it's great advice for somebody else, but I'm going to just throw it out there. When 
When I'm hurt by someone, especially someone close, one of the first things I try to do is to bring it to God and say, like, am I doing this to you, God? Mm. And the answer is almost always immediately and obviously yes, in a much bigger way than that person did it to me. Mm. So, like, I don't want, I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way and, like, beat themselves up or, especially if, because I don't think it's always the case. Like, somebody could hurt you and they could have nothing to do with your own spiritual life or your relationship with God. It's a good question to ask, though. Sure. Self-examination. <clears throat> yeah. So our um, beautiful three-year-old daughter is, she is an amazing person and she is, has been given a disposition that is very fiery and she's going through the full three-year-old phase right now. I know it's just a phase, um, but we are really pushing boundaries. It's been like a year and a half of the terrible twos. And um, I was telling, I was emoting to John, as I often do as an external processor, telling him about my day and uh, asking why in the world was she freaking out over all this stuff? Um, so, and John was like, you know, he said what he said just now, like, I, I think it's worth examining if I'm, he, if something's irritating me about another person, just asking myself, am I doing that to God? And it really hit me in the heart because I realized that there were a lot of things that I was taking to God, not in like a, a trustful way, but more like, I need your help right now. You need to figure this out for me. You need to, I really, really need an answer right this minute. And like making these things so much more high stakes than they actually are in real life. And that's how I was kind of treating God, almost like you better get me first in line or, or else you better take care of this right now. And God really can only do so much when you only leave him a very tiny sliver of your heart to work in. And that's kind of what I was doing to God. And it was, it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, like the parenting, the parenthood relationship uh, is especially rich in options to see things like that because like God is your parent. And yes. so you're, you're playing the role, you're playing both roles and so you can see it from, you know, from God's perspective, but also with your spouse, like God is your lover, he wants to be your lover. Recommendation number four is to offer up your suffering for your spouse's sins. This is a challenging one. Another piece of advice that I heard from someone, which is super challenging. Um, but really transformative as well, is uh, that you have the opportunity and you're called every time your spouse does something to hurt you, especially if it's something uh, something that like they is their fault, they're culpable for, rather than just like a mistake or um, something that rubs you the wrong way or something like that. Like you, you are called to offer that suffering for your spouse. Hmm. Not just so that your spouse will like get better and stop doing that thing to you, but like that they'll grow um, in their their heart and their love for God and their love uh, for you and everyone. And uh, yeah, God loves using that in a way that makes me mad sometimes. He loves using your suffering. He loves you surrendering surrendering your suffering and offering it to Him, and He brings such fruit from that more than anything else. I know of, and uh, and that stuff. But like every time you you suffer because of your spouse, without offering it, it's like wasting something really precious. Um, so that's a challenging thing right there. But yeah, it's <laughs> pretty great. Point number five is a recommendation by Saint Catherine of Siena: Patience obtains all things. The immediate reaction is to like tell the person what they've done wrong 
you should bring up things that bother you and that make you feel insecure and that make you feel right. um, fearful, but you should not underestimate the power of patience because if there's something that you want to change about the person you're married to, the strategy is to pray for them and to definitely talk to them about it if it's serious, but, but also pray before you do and pray while you do sure. um, and let God do a lot of the work for you. Um, there are a lot of things that have changed about both of us yeah, that have taken a very, very, very long time. And we just live in a world of instant gratification. And it's so easy to look at someone else's life or a glimpse of someone else's marriage that I get and to say, why can't we be like that? Or why can't you do this thing for me? Right. And um, the best things really happen when you are patient with each other. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's important to ask yourself in a mature way, like, so this person might be doing something that I don't think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm right. And if so, like, is now the best time for me to tell them that? Mm -hmm. um, is it going to be a constructive time? Or is a better way for, is a more constructive way going to be just like loving them for now? Mm. Our next recommendation is to take every reasonable opportunity to make love. And I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable to hear if you know us personally, but uh, we're going to recommend it anyway. Next on the list is, is uh, Whoopi. <laughs> Making lots of Whoopi. Can't believe I'm going to say that on the internet. But just, just getting through a day is a lot with small children and doing all of the tasks that you need to do as a parent. And so it's pretty exhausting. We still want to use every possible opportunity or almost every opportunity to mm -hmm to make love when we can, and it really does enhance everything else in our marriage. You reap the rewards of consistency, and consistency in giving yourself to one another intimately, and if you fall out of that for too long, then other aspects of the marriage are going to start to kind of um, crumble as well. The more often we make that commitment, the more often we are more attuned to each other, and we see each other more, we look in each other's eyes more, our days just generally feel um, yeah, more romantic and less like a series of tasks and more playful. Sure. We're definitely just, yeah, it, it, it's amazing. You, you, we're still really into each other. <laughs> and I don't think we ever will be, and that's pretty awesome. Sex is like such an incredible image of God's love for us and his desire for us. And I learned so much about how, how God wants me through our intimacy, through, through our physical intimacy. Mm. In my relationship with God, I am feminine in a way. I play a feminine role, I guess, or I have a feminine identity um, in a spiritual way. Meaning like receptivity? Right. And to want somebody so much and mm. to love and desire, yeah, and enjoy somebody so much um, really opens your eyes to like mm. um, how, how to best give yourself and and receive, how to best receive mm. God. I thought maybe we could do just a lightning round of like some more practical tips for, mm. for rocking it. Sounds good. So tip number one, you might have heard other people say this, check-ins are super important. So first of all, what a check-in is, is to ask how are you doing emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, mentally, and check in with each other and just see, go into each of the rooms in your house, you know, basically, in a figurative sense, and see how you're doing and give them some, give each room a little air and 
the value in it is to bring it up at a time when you're both feeling at least reasonably good, when there's no confrontation going on, there's no distractions. So we would go get a bottle of wine and some cheese and some chocolate and some meats from, um, uh, from Aldi and we would have a really good time together. And, oh wow, I didn't realize that I needed to talk about this so much. I didn't realize this was so, this was bothering me so much. And But t through talking about it, because I'm an external processor, that'll be the time when I'm able to really um, resolve some things with John. Point number two is dates. Mm. Dates can be check-ins. Like you can do mm -hmm. a check-in as part of a date. Um, it's also great to do just fun stuff together every once in a while without kids around. Yeah, we just became special needs parents this year, so we have, outside of the two of us, we only have one person who can actually watch our, our baby. So it's not, it's extra, extra, extra challenging to find time to go and do things together. One thing that I'm in the process of doing is doing, like shopping our house and doing like a master bedroom refresh, and I'm really excited with how it's turning out because I love house plants, I love them. And so I'm in the process of really putting just a lot of greenery into our, our master bedroom and John called it a destination bedroom the other day. One room in our house where it's just for loving, sleeping, and praying. And that's it. And just our space. So I'm really excited about that. I think just having that as a regular go-to is so nice. And in the, in the future also, I intend to not let the kids have access to our room, not let them come in and drop off their toys there, but this is just mom and dad's room. The next two are pretty basic, but absolutely fundamentally important. Offer communion for your spouse. Mm -hmm. Confession is just my favorite thing right now because it puts me in touch with my identity as a sinner, which I think is probably my primary identity. It's like needfulness. Mm -hmm. And that, um, being in touch with that identity is not just like essential for your relationship with God, but also for your relationship with your spouse, I think. Mm -hmm. It can be really easy to look at your spouse's faults or errors or whatever and judge them super hard without recognizing what a loser you are or whatever, how needful you are. And that is what we have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my husband and me. If you have a question and you want to go over to stacysummerow.com and drop me a line, I would love to hear it. I am really enjoying doing Q&A episodes sometimes and would love to do more of them. So please let me know how my show can best serve you. As always, if you are kind enough to leave me a review and a rating on Apple iTunes, it absolutely makes my day reading all of the reviews. I just love hearing from you guys. So thank you so much. Please know of my prayers for you as you discern every decision in your life and many prayers for a very successful 2022. I got lots more episodes coming up for you this year. And so I'll see you very soon for coffee. God bless.